MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. And welcome in, Dan Leach in for the great story. We got producer Stephanie Cameron Love Shack with us today, and a cast of thousands. Really looking forward to a big show today. We're going to get uh, to a lot of different stuff. We're going to talk with Jeff Ulrich, DraftKings PGA and NFL analyst, a little later on, including also uh, John Legaza, who's an MLB and NFL writer for the Athletic. We got Major League Baseball to discuss the Open Championship. College football futures, NFL futures, so many different things to get to on a jam-packed edition of My Guys in the Desert today here on a Tuesday. But let's get going with some things that have been percolating in my mind news-wise when it comes to the sports world. We'll start with Tiger Eldrick Woods. And he kind of went off on the players in Live Golf, who isn't these days. Uh, Here's a quote from Tiger. He said, I disagree with the players going to live. I think what they've done is they've turned their backs on what has allowed them to get to this position. Some players have never got a chance to even experience it. They've gone right from the amateur ranks, right into that organization and never really got a chance to play out here and what it feels like to play a tour schedule or to play in some big events. And, you know, I I get what Tiger's saying. This comes on the heels of Fred Couples filleting Phil Mickelson, you know, longtime friend saying he's never going to talk to him again. I spoke with Ally Challenge champion on the Champions Tour on the PGA, Joe Durant, yesterday up at Warwick Hills. That interview is going to air on my Detroit CityCast coming up tomorrow. And, you know, he had similar comments where he understands 
why people are going to live. He understands the money grab. But at the same time, there are so many that work their way up that have the, the stress of trying to keep or get their tour card, get exemptions, you know, get official world golf ranking points and make a living on the PGA Tour and be able to have a chance to play in the majors with me so much. And, you know, I've, I've been very outward about this. I There's not many things that I don't love in life. I'm a very positive person. But there's a couple things in, in recent years, sports-wise, that have really upset me, and this is one of them. And it, to me, I understand why, you know, players are doing this kind of thing. But at the same time, it just seems like a slap in the face to the people that did it, the, you know, I don't want to say necessarily the right way, but did it the way that so many others did for over a hundred plus years. And I get that you got to change with the times, but it's a glorified exhibition. There's no cut. It's a shotgun start. What's the motivation. And I think guys like Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy, uh, you know, that have come out very hard against this, obviously, uh, you know, guys like Fred couples as well. It's a legend of the game is just kind of creating more of a divide, but hopefully what it's going to do is give the PGA a chance to kind of tweak some of the rules. Maybe they will start giving players that just come to a tournament a certain amount of money or a salary. If you get your PGA tour card, like a minimum salary in the NBA or the NFL or major league baseball, I'm sure it's going to affect some good changes, but in general, the whole live thing to me, it's giving me a very bad taste. And I'm not surprised at all the tiger who created multiple millions for so many different players and incredible ratings and TV deal rights uh, for the, you know, CBS and, NBC and ABC and so many others that he's not going to be happy about this as well. How about Chris Sale? He's going to make his long-awaited season debut tonight for the Red Sox against the Rays. He didn't play at all in 2020 due to that Tommy John surgery. That only played nine games in 2021 and missed the start of this season with a rib stress fractor. Is it worth the play on the Red Sox tonight in his first start? It's a 7-10 start right now. Red Sox minus 120 and the Rays are even money. The total Seven and a half. I might have a play on this game coming up in just a little bit. Albert Pujols, Fat Albert, we're participating in the Home Run Derby this year. It's going to mark the fifth time that Pujols will compete in the event after he did so in 2003, 2007, 2009, and 2015. Pujols still has not won the Home Run Derby, though. Maybe this is the year. Uh, the odds will be out for that coming up soon in the All-Star Game a couple weeks away. So, Definitely look to see some value pricing maybe on Albert Pools. Will this be probably his last home run derby? Will it be his first ever win? And how about Baker Mayfield? This is a, you know, a guy who much maligned towards the end of his tenure with the Browns. Then, of course, the Browns made, I think, a ridiculously terrible decision to mortgage their future for Deshaun Randall Watson. And now Baker Mayfield is not only not a Brown, he's a Panther, and he's playing his former team week one of the regular season. Here's what Baker Mayfield had to say, quote, I'm not going to sit here and be a robot and tell you that it's not one I've marked on the calendar already. Of course, talking about the week one matchup. This is per Darren Gant of Panthers.com. Uh, the quote goes on to say, one, that's not who I am. To me, it's about winning games. Whoever we have marked on the schedule, I'm going to try to win. Obviously, this one has a little more history and personal meaning, but for me, it's about winning and setting the tone for the rest of the year. And however I can help this team to do that, I'm going to do it. And meanwhile, GM Scott Finnerer said this today, uh, quote, this is an open competition. The reason why we added Baker is to make this group better as a whole. So we'll see if Baker Mayfield really even is the starting quarterback when you think he would be. Uh, but that being said, you know, this whole situation with Baker and, you know, I'm here in Detroit and there were a lot of Lions fans, 
you know, Jared Goff not really exciting them too much. A lot of Lions fans thought maybe Baker Mayfield's the answer. To me, I, I'm not buying that. I think Baker Mayfield really is a talented guy. Maybe things can work out to, for him in Carolina. But I didn't want him here in Detroit where you got a burgeoning young team with young players like DeAndre Swift, of course, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Jamison Williams, and so many others. And, you know, this is a guy that still obviously has all the talent in the world. And maybe Carolina will be the right spot. But, boy, are the Browns. I just think absolute morons for the way they handle this situation with Deshaun Watson and mortgaging their future on that. He might not play for a year. He might not play for two years. We shall see. By the way, week one, Browns are minus one at the Panthers. The total, 41 and a half. Uh, get some props on Baker Mayfield, the candlestick maker, uh, for the season over under passing yards, 3,805 or 300.5 passing yards uh, for Baker Mayfield. Uh, the over-under on passing touchdowns is 22 and a half. And how about comeback player of the year? Would that be something if somehow, some way, Baker Mayfield or Maker Mayfield led the Carolina Panthers to some incredible runs like the NFC title game? Obviously, they vote for those awards before the playoffs, but they had a great regular season, won the division, you know, did something really special during the year as well. Uh, and he's comeback player of the year after all the, the stuff he's had to deal with. You can't get mad at him for what he's had to, you know, handle with the, the Browns basically screwing him over. Uh, but his comeback player of the year odds are 12 to 1 right now. And ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports the Seahawks have, quote, discussed the possibility, end quote, of Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, playing for them. Uh, the Seahawks odds right now after Russell Wilson leaving and they're not being much left there. For Pete Carroll, he's actually in the top five, uh, you know, odds for the first coach to be fired this year. Uh, multiple sports books. The total wins for the Seahawks a year removed from, I believe, their win total was around nine or so. Five and a half is the over/under for Seattle uh, to make the playoffs is plus five hundred. To miss the playoffs is minus six fifty. So those are the stories that have been ruminating in my mind and heart on this big sports day to start the week here on Tuesday. And uh, here's some plays for you. And of course, as I'm, I'm in for my girl Stormy today, I also am the host of the Detroit CityCast, award-winning, sometimes in my own mind. So please be, you know, feel free to check that out. But it's all about giving you winners. And there's a few, ga a few games I like tonight and a couple open championship plays for you. First, I want to start with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the Twinkies hosting the Milwaukee Brewers and its winder going for Minnesota. He's four and two with a three one two ERA. Alexander goes for Milwaukee. He's two and one with a four seven five ERA. I like Minnesota this spot at home. I think there's going to be some runs scored in this game uh, earlier and not later. And I do like Minnesota. I laid minus one forty. I know I'm seeing some one forty fives out there, and it could go as high as minus one fifty. But I definitely like the Twins on the money line as one of my plays for today. I mentioned maybe we'll have a play on that Red Sox. Rays game, the first start for Chris Sale in a couple of years, basically. And that game is a 7-10 start in Tampa Bay. I'm sure there'll be hundreds of fans there, and most of them will be Red Sox fans. Of course, Chris Sale hasn't started uh, since 2019. It'll be Kluber, uh, Corey Kluber, one of the better pitchers in baseball, but not having a great year decision-wise. He's 4-5 and five with a 3-6-2 ERA for Tampa. And for me, the play tonight you know, not that sales is coming out cold. He's obviously been doing rehab starts and has gotten ready for this. But I like the over three and a half in the first five innings. I got it at minus 115. I know it's up to like minus 130 in some spots. I would take it up to around that. I just feel like it's a, a four is there's no value to me 
if it moves to four. But I do like the three and a half because then, of course, you get to the four runs and you win the bet instead of pushing the bet. I think there's going to be some runs scored early in Tampa. And I like the Rays and uh, Red Sox to go over three and a half in the first five. And how about my Detroit Tigers? I mean, you can't keep down the hottest team in baseball for long. Yes, they were eight and two in their last 10 until they had some trouble with Chicago and then the Royals with cheese the last couple of days. But Bresky, Bo Bresky, the rookie who's been having a pretty decent season for kind of coming out of nowhere. Yes, his uh, you know decision total is not great. His win-loss record is two and six, but the ERA is moving down. He's 4.16 right now. Uh, you know, he had some really good starts early in the year. He's been much better as of late. Bublik is going for Kansas City. He's been terrible. One and six with a 6.84 ERA. And of course, as I mentioned, the Tigers. And come off that eight and two in last 10 start. Did lose to the Royals in the doubleheader yesterday. Lost a couple to the White Sox after they had won six in a row and were basically technically the hottest team in baseball for a minute. I like the value of the Tigers. I got them at plus 110. They're floating around plus 106. Not, not often you want to go and, and put your, your cash on a bad team, but the Tigers have played much better baseball, and I believe they're not going to lose three in a row to the Royals. So the, uh, the Tigers, as they play tonight, at plus around 106 or so. Uh, and then a couple plays in the Open Championship for you. You've got Tommy Fleetwood coming off a great final round. It was He ran out of holes uh, in the Scottish Open, but Tommy Fleetwood's been playing some solid golf. I got him at 40 to 1. I know the odds are going down. I've seen him as low as 28 to 1, but I like Tommy Fleetwood to win the Open Championship. Sanders fits his game. He's played well there before. 40 to 1 for Tommy Fleetwood. And then Tony Finau. He has not finished lower than tied for 27th ever at the Open Championship. And he's played some really good golf heading into this event. He was at 50 to 1. That's where I got him. I know those odds are going down 45 to 1, 41. I would take him as, as uh, low as 40 to 1, but I love Tony Finau as well. All right. Decent Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything Decent has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today. You'll get Decent's daily best bets, including Anna Burke's daily best bets, MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. What the full Decent experience? email every edition of point spreads weekly use our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it the cost is only 19 dollars be a subscriber now through july 31st sign up now at visa.com mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and guess what so are we just in case you forgot i'm tori deal i'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion and i'm anisa ferrer and i've been gracing your screens for the last two decades I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of My Guys in the Desert is brought to you by Zid. Nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zid nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zid, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you that's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We roll along here on My Guys in the Desert on a Tuesday. Dan Leach in for the great story about a Tony. And now I'm going to welcome in the great Jeff Ulrich, DraftKings PGA and NFL analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. Jeff, I think there's a I think there's a big tournament coming up in a couple days at, at the birthplace of golf. I just remind me if I'm right about that. Yeah, the Barracuda Open's coming up, man. I mean, what yes. year is it? Tahoe this year? I mean, yeah, that's a big one. It's it's a, it's a fifth major. No, I mean, obviously, uh, the Open coming up Wednesday night. If you stay up really late, you're going to be able to, to catch it. But uh, St. Andrews, man, yeah, I mean, it's on, it's on tap this year. You know, it's just, it's always so cool to watch them play it. I mean, I know it's it's kind of like, you know, the modern game's caught up with it, and it's not like the toughest venue anymore. But there's really nothing better than getting to watch St. Andrews. I mean, 
there's just so many cool holes there, you know, with with the burns in play, the pop bunkers, and just you know, just everything that that involves. So it, it's a really, it's going to be a really exciting tournament, and I do think it's it's going to be fast and furious action, man. I think you're going to have really big leaderboard changes with some of the scores that are going to be put up. No, and, and weather effect. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, you know, it really 150th year of the Open Championship. There's no better place, obviously, of course, to have the birthplace of golf at St Andrews. You mentioned it, stayed up late. I don't sleep anyway, Jeff. So I, I love like Australian Open at two, three, four in the morning. I'll be up at one a.m. watching uh, the early tee times. But let's talk about where you're going with some of the outrights. I know you got some guys you're looking forward to throwing some cash on, and and I wonder where you're at because you look at the weather. As I mentioned, it looks like day one it's going to be fine, but gusts up to 25 miles an hour. There there is rain in the forecast, as there always is up there uh, at St. Andrews, basically every day at times possibly. But I wonder how your selections might have kind of gone into maybe how the weather's going to be as well. Yeah, I mean, like, look, it, it could change. I mean, 24 hours from now, we could be looking at a completely different forecast, right? So sure. you kind of just got to take like the, the good and the bad. I mean, right now, I don't see like a huge wave split going off. And, you know, like last week is a good example. I mean, you had a guy in Cameron Tringali get out in front early, but like, you know, he did get caught, you know, he, even though he he got such a big wave advantage. So things can happen later in the event. It's not something that's necessarily influencing me a ton right now. My philosophy with the outright market right now is you should either be paying all the way up for Rory McIlroy and just making him your centerpiece, or you should be starting quite a bit further back. And I mean, I'm not talking like a, a lot back, but like, you know, bypassing the next five guys after Rory. And I'm looking at guys like Cameron Smith and Patrick Cantlay as kind of the value picks right now. I know Cantlay has been bet down a bit, you know, depending on the odds you can get him. But even at plus 2,000, you know, when you got guys like Spieth and even Justin Thomas sitting there, and let's not forget, like Justin Thomas's open championship record isn't Sterling. I think Patrick Cantlay is a guy, you look at his last four starts, it's exactly what you want to see. It's very similar coming in to what Colin Morikawa gave us last year. He's got some top fives. He played in Scotland last week. His putter has been very, very good to him lately. That's a big thing with Patrick Cantlay. And I think the conditions with Cantlay, I think it's just going to be a better major for him than the U.S. Open. Easier conditions. We know he can win birdie fests. So I'm starting there, and I'm also starting with Cameron Smith, who we saw get to 34 under par on another quirky little course to start the yep. season off. This guy can get lightning hot. I like St. Andrews for him. Again, these short par fours, man, these pros are going to eat him up. They're absolutely going to eat up St. Andrews. And I think Cantlay and Smith in the plus 2,000 range are guys that can get it done. Yeah, Jeff, I think you made a great point, too. I think it's very important because I'm a huge golf better as well. And, and you know, the Masters is a great example. The favorite hasn't won there since 2004, Tiger Woods, you know, going into this year. And you looked at Scheffler and some other guys, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, John Rahm. And Justin Thomas, the two favorites. I stayed away from them. Of course, I did take Scheffler. But when you mentioned, you know, you're taking Rory at nine or ten to one, which there's not a ton of value, but obviously he's playing great and has a great chance of winning. Or you're looking at, you know, the seventh, eighth, tenth, fifteenth guys, Cantley and Cam Smith. And then obviously you look at the value guys, and I know you got a couple of those that are, you know, fifty plus to one below. That's where especially as you mentioned, because you guys are going to eat up the par fours. This is a course that a lot of these guys have played at before in previous open championships and that's where you can find a great you know 75 to 100 plus to one guy and i like two of your picks here yeah no awesome and, and like look i mean let's not forget zach johnson was about 80 to one when he went off in 2015 yep. and let's not forget mark leishman was in the playoff that year at like 200 300 to one that year he went off so st andrews again it's gonna bring a lot of these guys big odds into play and, and i think you will get guys like 100 to 1 80 to 1 potentially there on sunday with a chance I look at Adam Scott as a player very much in the same mold as Zach Johnson. He's plus 6,500. Yeah, he's in his, his early 40s, but, you know, the average age of the Open Championship winner, 
Like it's it's hovering around like 35, 36 years over the past decade or so. It's typically these guys with experience that get it done. Adam Scott, T14 at the U.S. Open, top 20 at the last major. We like that. Uh, he's been very, very hyper-focused on the majors. He's, he's talked about it as lead-up. Didn't play in the Scottish Open, but did play in the J.P. McManus Amateur. I like that. So, Scotty at plus 6,500. I look at that range. That's the player I want to back there. Again, I like the veteran. I like this setup for him. So, he's he's definitely on my list. Definitely, one for outrights, like, probably one of my favorite values down there, plus 6,000 or better. But you can go deeper. I mean, a guy like Christian Bezadenhode at, at plus 8,000, I like. And even deeper than that, Thomas Peters. Plus 13,000 we're looking on the DraftKings Sportsbook. This is a player lost in a playoff three two starts ago over in Europe. He's got plenty of major championship experience. He's got a top five at the Masters. You know, he was T27 at the US Open. He was hovering in the top 10 for much of that event. I think Thomas Peters, if this turns into a massive birdie fest, he will absolutely enjoy this. He can go low. He's a player who could just reel off a 62 on a Sunday or something. So I think plus 13,000. Uh, Peters is definitely going to be the long shot on my card this week, and I really do think he's got a puncher's chance. So, yeah, Jeff, I'll tell you this: I call the the, the Peters type bets, the 131s, inflation busters, because I don't care how much gas is or anything else. You hit a Thomas Peters bet, even for ten dollars, you're feeling pretty darn good. And now another thing that I think that maybe not a, a, enough newer golf bettors understand is such a great value. Obviously, if, you, if you're judicious about it and are smart about it, is betting on first round leaders. And I know you got some plays on this. This is where, you know, you might have a certain guy like a Cantley at 20 to 1, you know, for the first for an outright, but it's a much higher payout if you get him for a first round leader. There's some real value there, Jeff. Yeah, and and for sure. And I've, I've, I'm going to give you like some, a, a bit of a strategy. Since it's a, since it's St. Andrews and it's the Open, we're not exactly sure how the, the weather's going to break it. Let, let's break it down on both sides of the draw. Patrick sure. Cantley, my guy, who we like for the outright, he's plus 4,000, like you mentioned. He's plus 4,000 in the first-round leader market. He's got a late afternoon tee time. If the weather gets a little bit warmer and the wind does die down, he's going to be in a great spot because he goes off in one of the last groups. Plus 4,000, the guy ranks fifth in first-round scoring average on the PGA Tour. I will take that. I will back that up with my outright bet. Emiliano Grillo, another guy with an afternoon uh, tee time, second at the John Deere. The putter was really humming for him there. He's got two top 20s in the Open Championship. This guy gets a little bit confident around the green. His iron play can be as good as anyone's. We'll take that at plus 10,000. But let's move over to the other side of the draw, too. The, the other guy I mentioned for the outright, Cam Smith, you can get him around plus 4,000. He's sixth in first-round scoring. So cover both bases because Cam Smith goes off really early. If you're going to put together like a four- or five-man pack, Make sure you have the both waves covered. And I'll throw out one more long bomb here. Dean Burmeester, um, plus 15,000. This guy hits it an absolute mile. I'm telling you, he's going to be able to drive like literally 80% of the par fours. And I don't mean that facetiously, but Burmeester, he's played the Dunhill Lynx Championship numerous times. He's actually started very well in each of his last three Euro Tour starts with a 69 or better. This is a player I could absolutely see starting with like a 63 or something like that. So Dean Burmeester, again, early tee time, gets that early wave covered for you, plus 15,000. That's going to be my long shot bet. I love it. You're going deep. Great stuff with all the open championships. Uh, I, I just can't wait to. The majors, I mean, golf's fun to bet anyway, but the majors are the best. All right, got about a minute left here, Jeff, and it's never too early to talk NFL. We're what, about seven or so weeks away from uh, the first NFL games. And I know you got a few plays prop-wise. Little A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill action with their new teams. Yeah, let's, I mean, I, I you know, DraftKings threw out some, some more player props. There's tons of passing and receiving props and rushing props up there for, for specific players. And I thought I'd target the wide receivers here because there's really two players here, new teams, but 
Two completely different situations for me. A.J. Brown, I love taking the overs on A.J. Brown. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're not projected to be a high-powered passing offense, but I really do think that's a bit of a mistake. I think there is more to Jalen Hurts' game here, and I think a, a top-end wide receiver like A.J. Brown will bring that out. We're getting 1,025 and a half yards to go over. That, that's minuscule stuff for a guy like A.J. Brown. could easily average like 15 yards per reception. You only have 70.5 to go over on as well. I, I can't see A.J. Brown not leading this team in targets in a big way, having a massive team target share. I'm going to take the over on both the A.J. Brown props there. And then Tyreek Hill is a player I absolutely love fading this year. 8.5 receiving touchdowns is his over-under. Give me the big under on this. Just got paid. He's with a weaker arm quarterback. And you've got Jalen Waddle there who was the target monster. Tyree Kill under 8.5 receiving touchdowns. I'm fading everything Hill-related in 2022. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not, I don't trust Tua at all right now. Maybe I'll be wrong about that. But with the Silly Dolphins, I love that as well. Jeff, great stuff by you. Appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot. Great stuff. DraftKings PGA and NFL analyst Jeff Ulrich. Follow him on Twitter at The Fantasy Grind. He's grinding it out, getting ready for the Open Championship and NFL season. We'll talk college football and NFL futures and props coming up next. Daily Chip for Story about Tony, right here on My Guys in the Desert on Decent, the Sports Betting Network. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN will be broadcasting live from the NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch the Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Eumann, two of my favorites at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every weekday. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, live updates all throughout VEASAN shows. For more, follow us at VEASAN Live on Twitter and VEASAN Live on YouTube. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll be joined by John Lagaza, the MLB and NFL writer, for the athletic talks of Major League Baseball. We got some props, some games today we'll get into uh, and have a lot of fun with John. Dan Leach here with you in for Story Bonnet Tony. And great to be with you on this furious Tuesday. And listen, as I said with Jeff Ulrich, who was on with us uh, last segment, it's never too early. I mean, even if it's like March, but now we're in like almost mid July, never too early to start talking about college football and the NFL. And I've got some futures and some different, you know, numbers we're getting as far as what's being bet on most that I want to look at it. And I remember over the weekend being the big Wolverine slap that I am, uh, someone sent me a meme that said eight Saturdays until Michigan football. And, you know, here in Detroit, of course, there's a lot of Michigan State fans as well, Notre Dame fans. We are less than two months away for me getting on my scooter that I got on Black Friday for a great deal and scooting around the tailgates in Ann Arbor or whatever the college team you love, either to go to their games or watch them, we are, you can almost taste it. And I know, you know, the pandemic obviously slowed things down and maybe sped things up for you the way that sports came year in, year out. But the last few years, at least for me, it seems like that wait between the college football championship, this year, of course, Georgia winning it, my Wolverines getting waxed by them in the semis, but I I was at the Orange Bowl, it was fun. I threw some oranges around. Uh, Or the, you know, Super Bowl, when it ends, you just know there's kind of that void in your heart because there's such value to bet college and pro football. And it seems sometimes, at least several years of my life, where it took forever 
to get to the next season. Well, the last couple of years, maybe just, you know, going through this pandemic and realizing how grateful we are to have this kind of stuff has made it faster. The fact that we're less than two months away is a true delight. And this is this is the big question based on, you know, what kind of a better you are. Pulling the trigger on futures now, waiting for maybe another month, waiting till training camp starts in the NFL. For an example, for Michigan, waiting to see the, the quarterback that's named as the starter. Is it Kate McNamara? Is it J.J. McCarthy, the sophomore upstart? So there's a lot of different factors to look at. Uh, and I know some of you, I'm not the, I, I don't love betting futures. I bet them a lot, but it's not my favorite thing because you have to wait so long. But some of you primarily just bet futures. So there's a, you know, kind of a big ebb and flow and and trying to find the sweet science of when you want to pull the trigger on certain things, when you want to wait to pull the trigger on certain things. And some of you I know don't bet futures at all. You you really should bet some of them because there is tremendous value. When let's say you get someone, uh, a team at 30 to one to win the SEC and they end up, you know, closing at 15 to one or you get a team that was, uh, you know, 15 to one. And if you waited, they ended up going to like 30 or 40 to one. There's definitely some value uh, when you pick your spots. But I want to start with some odds here. Uh, for teams to you know make the CFP, yes or no. And I love being able to bet on the yes or the no. Of course, Ohio State and Bama, the two favorites. Ohio State, uh, yes, minus 255 to make the playoff. The no is plus 205. Bama, minus 240, the yes to make the playoff. The no is plus 195. Last year's defending champions who lost a lot in the draft but still have reloaded like they always do in the SEC. Georgia, minus 115 both ways. Very interesting to see them there. Clemson. Of course, they did not have the kind of season a lot of people thought they would last year. Their yes is plus 155, the no minus 190. How about USC? Brand new coach, brand new feeling. Can Lincoln Riley get the job done out there? Their first year with Riley, they are 4-1 to one to make the playoff, even though they're going to be moving to the Big Ten and the crazy mega conference nonsense. Uh, I won't get into that today. Uh, well, well, that's what I mentioned there was a couple things that upset me about sports, live golf and mega conferences, but that's for another day. The no on USC minus 550. How about the Wolverines that got there last year? Lost a ridiculous amount on defense, but should have a great offense. We'll see who the starting quarterback is. They're yes to make the playoffs to go back to back after their first ever playoff last year, plus 450. The no minus 650. Another one that I thought was interesting uh, was Notre Dame. 11 to 1 is the yes to make the playoff, and minus 2,500 is the no new coach. New system in Notre Dame, we shall see. There could be some value there at the 11 to 1 if they just have one of those great first years under a new coach. How about some futures by total money? And these are via Bet Rivers as far as what's being bet on the most. The futures being bet on the most right now are the Buckeyes to win the Big Ten. They're a sizable favorite, minus 230. Michigan, the second favorite to win the Big Ten. And of course, I mentioned Michigan lost a lot of, uh, of players on defense. They'll play the Buckeyes at Ohio State this year in Columbus. I've been to Columbus for that game four times. Michigan has lost every single one of them, Can't, including the one where they were like eight-point favorites uh, in the uh, Dwayne Haskins game where they're still scoring. What was it, like 140-2? to two? Uh, I think they got a safety late in the game. I'm kidding. But that is uh, the, the most bet on right now is the Buckeyes to win the Big Ten. That line's going to probably continue to go up uh, until the start of the season. Georgia to win the national championship, uh, you know, overall again, go back-to-back. Uh, is the second most bet on at Bet Rivers. They're four to one. Bama to win the national title is the third most bet on future right now. It's uh, plus one fifty at Bet Rivers. Uh, Clemson, the fourth most bet on to win the ACC. How much longer is the ACC going to be around, by the way? Minus one twenty-five after having a rough year last year. Uh, the fifth most bet on futures in college football right now is the Buckeyes to win it all. They are plus two fifty, the second favorite or first favorite based on the book behind Alabama or barely in front of Alabama. Clemson, the sixth most bet on. 
uh, to win the national title. They're 12 to 1, uh, trying to have that bounce back year under Dabo Sweeney, who was very good at doing that. Penn State, somehow, some way. I know Bet Rivers has a big footprint in the Midwest, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Uh, I would never have bet on or even considered betting on Penn State unless I was an alumni. 60 to 1. Uh, they're the seventh most bet on college uh, football future. NC State to win the ACC is the eighth most bet on. They are 8 to 1. USC to win the national title. This I do think there's some value on. They're the ninth most bet on right now. They are 28 to 1. And then Georgia to win the SEC East. People are throwing money on Georgia minus 715 to win the SEC East. Uh, I wanted to look at a couple other things here. Uh, I mentioned the odds to win the Big Ten. Right now, the Buckeyes minus 210 to 230 or so based on the book. Michigan, anywhere from 6 to 10 to 1. Uh, the second favorite, Wisconsin, 11 or so to 1. Right now, Penn State, 16 to 1. Uh, Iowa, of course, went to the Big Ten title game last year uh, to face Michigan and get their butts destroyed by them. I was at that game. I know because I was there. Iowa, 20 to 1 uh, to win the Big Ten. Nebraska, 22 to 1. How about Michigan State? Mel Tucker. Good recruiter. A lot of people think that he's got this team prime position. They did beat the Wolverines last year, but they kind of faded towards the end of the season. They are 28 to 1, along with Minnesota, Purdue 30 to 1. And then there's no chance for a Maryland and Illinois and Indiana, a Northwestern, or a Rutgers at 500 to 1 to win the Big Ten. But this I thought was interesting as well. These are the most bet win totals at Bet Rivers right now. And me and producer Stephanie were like, South Alabama, it reminded me that I called a Detroit, I was the voice of the Detroit Titans basketball team for many years, Dick Vitale's old school, and South Alabama played the Titans in South Alabama, the Jaguars, and I'll never forget that. It was just a fun arena, and my good friend and longtime former broadcast partner Cliff Early was there with me, and, you know, the Jaguars have some great fans. But the, the most bet on win total right now is the under for the Jaguars, the under eight, and I was doing, I'll be honest, I wasn't like really up on my South Alabama Jaguars football roster, but I was looking at this thing. They, they lost a lot of players. They don't have the greatest of quarterbacks right now, and they do have a pretty tough schedule. So I can see why the under eight, I don't know why it's the most bet on overall, but I can see why it's definitely a highly bet on, uh, you know, win total, the most uh, bet on win total right now at Bet Rivers. Colorado, under three and a half wins is the second most bet on win total at Bet Rivers. LSU over six and a half is the third. Utah State under eight is the fourth. The fifth most bet on win total is Utah over eight and a half. Up there with Kyle Whittingham. Cal over five and a half. Remember this Cal team, not a good year last year. The pandemic year, they barely played, but they do have a lot of talent. So I see uh, that number probably moving up to six, six and a half before the season starts. Arkansas over six and a half uh, is the seventh most bet on win total at Bet Rivers right now. Kansas State over six is the eighth and South Florida. Got another South team, South Alabama, South Florida over eight and a, or over three and a half, excuse me. And then Arkansas State over three and a half as well. Those are your top 10 most bet on win totals right now at Bet Rivers. That'll be a fluid situation. I, I always talk to my man, Troy Mocker, the senior uh, manager for content strategy at Bet Rivers, gives, gives me all these numbers right at Detroit CityCast. And I always try to check in with him to see what kind of action we're seeing and ebbs and flows of most bet win totals and futures and all that kind of stuff. I did want to quickly mention uh, NFL win totals most bet on by money right now. Uh, here's your top five. The Steelers over seven and a half. The Bears over six and a half. Uh, the fact their win total six and a half is ridiculous. I mean, the Bears are going to be terrible, I think. But that's a pretty low win total in a 17-game schedule. The Jets are over five and a half. That's the third most bet on win total by money at Bet Rivers. And the Falcons under five. The Bears 
under six and a half. Also, the Bears under seven is the sixth most bet on win total as those are moving. All right, we are going to be joined talking a little Major League Baseball coming up next. My man, John Lagaza, MLB and NFL writer for The Athletic. He's got some plays for today. We got some AL MVP futures to talk about. All that and more coming up on My Guys in the Desert, Daily Chipper, Stormy, Bob Tony, right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle the sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, hey, Detroit, with yours truly, award winning, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Hanley Jim for Stormy Bond and Tony here on My Guys in the Desert. It's a pleasure to welcome in John Legaza, Major League Baseball and NFL writer for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at MLB Moving Average, MLB Moving AVG. John, welcome in. Great to have you on this terrific Tuesday. Yeah, thank you so much. It's really nice to meet you. How's everything, man? Well, the honor is all mine, and I already feel like we're best friends. So it's, everything's Jeez. working great here. Uh, John, let's get into some action today, and, and I, yeah. we, we will hit on this Chris Sale debut in a minute for the Red Sox and the Rays, and I'm sure it's sold out. Tampa Bay, uh, Tropicana, about 5,000 people there. Uh, but you do, I know you got to play on the Tigers and Royals. I went with the Tigers because no one can hold my hottest team in baseball, Detroit Motor City Kitties, down that long. Uh, but I know you went a different direction on the play today with the Tigers and Royals. Yeah, well, I actually have a twofer, and our play still might be a little symbiotic. We still might be able to be simpatico. Let me lay it out. I got a pair that I really love here. You know, I do a lot of granular analysis, and I think this really plays right into it. Let's start with Los Tigres. Like you said, they're going up against Bubich and the Royals. 6.85 ERA, 1.9 whip, nearly 900 OPS. The Sierra up over five, deserved the ERA up over six. 14% walk rate. I mean, all the things that we really look to kind of sink our teeth into. His first strike rate down around 52. Really not very viable, especially when you don't induce chases the way that Bubich doesn't. So then he's forced to come in the zone where we see the elevated hard hit rate up over 48%. And above 400 expected Woba on the year 301 batting average against. I mean, this is really where you want to be. And it's the way he's attacking righties. It's this hyper usage on the fastball. So 52% use fastball, 31 change. When you add those two together, you're talking about almost the entirety of the arsenal. The problem is each of those two pitches have a better than 550 X slug allowed, nine home runs together. And I don't know if you're into splits, for some reason, he's had real trouble getting lefties out 1,400 OPS on the year to lefties and four ding-dongs. That's not nothing. So I'm looking at Javi Baez's total base prop, something that I've really done very well on lately. His last 70 plate appearances against lefties. We know he's a streaky hitter. We want to look at a guy like him during the data set when he's in you know, the top of that sine wave, 340 batting average, a 250 ISO. Keep that number in mind, 931 OPS. The reason why we want to be looking at ISO, everyone, more so than OPS is because OPS includes walk rate, which hurts you for total base props. ISO, isolated slugging, is basically an extra base rate. So 250 right. is 25% if we're expecting four plate appearances. There's the math that should get us there. This bet is there at 105, and if you want to get in a little bit more against lefties in particular, 
48 hard hit rate against the fastball, 17 barrel, nine blast. And then if you flip it, Bo Brisky's had some real problems. 415 ERA, 122 whip. Those are generally not the numbers we go after, but let's pop the hood. It's not looking so good. The FIP is north of five. The swinging strike rate, single digit. The foul ball rate, something that I really like to focus on, is over 21%. Remember, every pitch thrown is 1% of that workload, assuming 100 pitches. Another guy who doesn't induce chases, double digit bow rate, nearly two home runs per nine. And don't look now, the Royals with cheese are top five in runs. BA, OB. P, walk rate, swinging strike rate, end zone contact rate, 112 WRC plus last 300 plate appearances. I think we're going to see a lot of runs scored. Now, you may get the right winner, but I think we're going over this eight and a half, and I really think Baez goes pretty over that one and a half total bases. Yeah, who thought the Royals could be the Royals with cheese? I love it. It could be scoring runs. You mentioned Grandin, by the way. You described that like a tasty tray filled with sugar, John. I love it. I know you got another plate for total bases for me. I like this one as well. Well, Man, it is only a matter of time until the books catch up to what we are doing, man. All right, let's go to Matty Freedom under that beautiful arch in St. Louis. Matt Libertor, 25 innings on the year. It's been a struggle. 4.75 ERA, 1.75 whip, nearly 900 OPS allowed. Again, you pop the hood. FIP, XFIP, Sierra, deserved ERA all north of five. 19% K is too low. 12% walk is too high. 47% first strike rate. The young man is struggling. Might be a confidence issue and a 28% O swing. That's your chase rate. We're talking a nearly 20% below average. Man, put them together. What do you got? Bibbidi-bobbidi-boop. 10% barrel, nearly two home runs per nine. Righties just having a field day year to date. A nearly 6 Hundred slug allowed to right-handed hitters. That's the majority of hitters. You really can't do that, and they're responsible for all four home runs. He's really pushing the fastball to the four against righties. 33% use, which at nearly 750 expected slug. Give me Mookie Betts on fire against lefties since May 1st. 52 hard hit, 11 barrel, 6 blast, and 5 shamalama ding-dongs with that 311 ISO. 311, 31% isolated slug. We should only need three at-bats. The Dodgers are favorite, and one more piece of the calculus that matters maybe more than anything. We love road teams. We guarantee that ninth frame. The Dodgers are always favorite, and they don't always get to bat in the ninth when they're at home. So when you get Mookie at plus money in a smash spot, you should be hanging up the phone to go, you know, nail that one right now. <laughs> John, I know we just met, but you're officially my spirit animal, and I love you already. Well, before we get... Before we get into a little uh, action on the AL MVP race, I wanted to ask you about the, the Sox and Chris Dale's debut. I mean, a small favor for the Red Sox tonight against the Rays. Is it worth looking at the game? Are you going to kind of see what he does? Obviously, he hasn't started a couple of years now. Well, generally, these are spots that I love to attack. I really like to go after pitchers first coming off the IL. Where I do pump the brakes is at track record. And we just had a very good anecdotal example, nonetheless, but an example with Max Scherzer coming off the IL. He looked excellent. So I, I think sales is going to be good, but at 85 pitches, how good and how far? Sometimes I think the best lean might be up against the wall. I'll be really interested to watch, and it's not to knock the Red Sox. He is much needed there in Bowtown, you know? 
He definitely is. Let's talk about the AL MVP race. And we got someone catching up to Aaron Judge, who's been incredible. Last week, Judge was minus a buck 30. Now he's even money. Now you got Shohei Otani, who last week was plus 225, down to plus 150. Alvarez, by the way, 9 to 1. Mike Trout, 12 to 1, if you're wondering the other guys there. Can we see maybe a little flip flop? I mean, Judge has been so good, John, but you're, you're seeing Otani do it again. This guy is a machine. I love. Aaron Judge, okay? Not only is my blood, but my son's nursery, they're <laughs> pinstriped. Aaron Judge is on the wall. That's the highest compliment I can give anybody. That being said, he's not the MVP. Shohei Otani is cle like clearly the MVP. It's not even close. If we ever want this to be fair while he's playing. All right, I think we, we will uh, try to get John back. But, you know, listen, Judge has been incredible. And, you know, this is a guy that just would not stop hitting home runs. But... Otani, you look at the metrics, and John was breaking down. Talk about granular, like I mentioned. It was like a, a whole bowl of tasty sugar. Those are numbers that just make you feel so good when you're getting involved in, in taking, whether you know it's a play on Mookie Betts over a one-and-a-half total bases or Baez, the, the Tiger he mentioned, over a one-and-a-half total bases. I love all that info, but when you look at Otani's metrics, Judge might seem like the poster guy, like you mentioned with his son's poster in the room, but you look at what Otani has done, and John's back. He's back. All right, John, I'll let you finish your point there. The New York Yankees stepped in to say no, no, no. But anyway, what I'm getting at, because I'm not sure, quite sure where it went out, as great as Judge has been, Otani is the MVP. He's putting up two elite stat lines. It's really incomparable to anything else that we see right now. All right, John, you got about a minute left here. I want to talk about the AL signing briefly. I know the Chief McClanahan yeah. taking the lead last week. He was plus 260 now down to plus 235. Former Tiger Justin Verlander last week plus 260 up to plus 270. How are you looking at the AL signing race right now? Oh, I'm going to make it up to my New York Yankees right now. It's And it's not that I think Garrett Cole is better than Shane McClanahan and nor would I want him to start a single game. My issue here is the workload concerns for McClanahan in accordance with with the new playoff format, there is a pretty good chance the Rays are in a scenario with the Yankees being as far ahead as they are that they just don't need to push the youngster. And right. if Garrett Cole, who we know has the track record with the workload, we saw it last year. And again, I'm one of those pessimistic Yankee fans, but we know Cole can go seven and a third, 13 Ks, eight innings, 12 Ks. And if you do that six times in a row to close a season with a team that wins 105 games or whatever, there's a good chance he's going to end up snagging it from a who's going to be a candidate for years to come. I truly believe that. John, I love it. I was talking about Garrett Cole uh, about a month or so ago on Visa. So great stuff by yeah. you. Can't wait to talk to you again. You're officially my Thanks, spirit man. animal. Thanks so much for the time, <laughs> my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was great to meet you. Uh, you as well. There's John Legaza. Follow him on Twitter at MLB Moving Average AVG. Really quickly, I was asking producer Stephanie her underdog play of the day, and here it is. It's Daisy, the Daisy dog. Is there ever been a cuter dog in the history of mankind than Daisy? And she also sent me a video of Daisy hiding in the couch uh, like cushions. Maybe you can throw that up on Twitter there, Steph. That is awesome. Listen, it's been awesome being here for our friend Stormy Bonatani. I'm Dan Leach. Until next time, you watch My Guys in the Desert on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Peace.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.